Welcome in to the 3D podcast. I'm your host, Ben Hogan. My co-host, Justin Lewis, the former host of the 3D podcast last week was his final episode. He's gone on to other things in the basketball world. We wish him all the luck to Justin. Hopefully he's listening to this and uh, congratulations, Justin. But the 3D podcast, we are part of the Grizzly Bear Blues podcast network that includes the starting five, the core four the Long View with Parker Fleming and GBB Live with Joe Mullinex. Once again, I am Ben Hogan. You can find me on Twitter at NotTheGolfer. My guest this week to talk all things Grizz as well as a little bit of college basketball because of uh, his connections. It's my former co-host, my first co-host of a show called The Fantasy Kickoff Show that was on ESPN 790. He is the assistant program director at 92.9 FM ESPN and the producer of the Gary Parrish Show, 4 to 6, every Monday through Friday on 929 ESPN. He is Bennett Doyle. Bennett, what's up? What's up, dude? Rest in peace to Fantasy Kickoff. What a great show. That was so much fun, man. I appreciate you coming on. It's been a while since we've done this with the with the microphones and everything. We talk often, but not like this. So I appreciate you uh, taking out a little time For sure. to talk some Grizzlies. And uh, before we get to the Grizzlies, I want to get let the people know exactly what's going on right now. We're in March Madness, and you are the producer of the Gary Parrish Show. Gary is Mr. College Basketball around these parts. Whether people agree with him or not, they're definitely tuning in, especially right now, because of his expertise and knowledge of college basketball. But I imagine it's not only a hectic time for him, but also you as well. Oh, yeah. I always look forward to this time of year. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Gary's schedule is wild, and uh, especially like February through like you know mid-April, wild schedule for GP. So um, you know a lot of flights to catch, uh, a lot of TV hits to, that he has to get to on time. So we're we're kind of scrambling a little bit this time of year, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, you know, it's it's not only is it uh, a busy time of year for him and for me, but um, it's also the best time of the year to do a radio show just because, you know, with the Tigers getting in the tournament and um, being able to talk about them after seven years of not being in the tournament. Um, it's just, it's a fun time of year. Uh, and so it's really fun doing the show, especially during March Madness. Always a good time. Speaking of the Tigers, uh, for the first time in, in many years, they are in the tournament. Are they uh, one and done, two and done, two week, second weekend? What, what are you looking at for them? Uh well, I mean, they did draw the number one overall seed uh, that they would play in the second round if they were to win. Um, I do think that the Tigers beat Boise State in that 8-9 matchup. Um, you know, they beat them last year in the NIT. Uh, teams both looked a little bit different. I kind of went back and looked over the um, the box score from that one. Um, and so it'll be two different teams playing each other for the most part. Uh, but I think that the Tigers' athleticism – is just going to overwhelm Boise State. They're a fundamentally sound basketball team um, who plays in a conference that, I, you know, I, they, you could say maybe the Mountain West is, is good or better than the AAC. But, you know, Boise State didn't have to play Colorado State in their conference uh, tournament. They, they got a good draw there. And so they were able to win the Mountain West tournament and get that eighth seed. Uh, I just think Memphis athletically is going to overwhelm them. And so I like the Tigers' chances to go to the second round. And then it sets up an awesome game on Saturday. Like, you know, I know some Tigers fans were bummed about the draw and the fact that you might have an early exit in the NCAA tournament. 
I, for one, am just happy to be there. And I think it's really cool the fact that you're going to have a chance to play the number one team in the country on Saturday. All eyes going to be on Memphis Gonzaga. I would probably argue it's the one of the biggest games uh, in the first weekend if it ends up happening. So, and it's a team you've got a lot of history with. Like when Memphis was going to the tournament every year uh, in, in the latter half of the Cal years and then into the Josh years, you had that longstanding um, series with Gonzaga. And, you know, you're, you kind of went one direction and they kind of went in another direction. Like they became one of the top blue blood teams in the country. And it's been a long time for Memphis and so to, to be able to have that renewed in this uh, big nationally televised game on Saturday would be a whole lot of fun. So I hope it happens. And Hey, it's, it's one basketball game. So right. we'll see who, who the heck knows. I mean, this year was all about making sure you got to the tournament and you know, yeah. a win is a bonus Two wins obviously is a big bonus because you beat the number one team in the country. But even if you don't get a victory, like next year, Penny will be expected to get a win, but this year I think you've got to play with the, house money that you finally got to the tournament. That's really all that anybody was kind of asking for. You had those high expectations at the beginning of the season, yep. but still like at the end of the day, it was get to the tournament. You know, you get to the yeah. tournament. It's a little bit of a sigh of relief there. Like, you know, you got the monkey off your back and now you got to just keep pushing ahead for the Tigers. So I wish uh, you as a Tiger fan, I wish you luck as a Vols fan. I mean, you know, maybe we'll meet down the road in the, in the tournament. You guys got a good draw, man. You guys got a good draw. I mean, I I think the Vols got a really good shot at going to the Final Four this year. Uh, I think that that that, uh, region they're in um, looks looks pretty good. I mean, you know, you you get that first win, and then you're set up to play likely Colorado State. I mean, but Michigan might be favored in that game. We don't really know yet. Uh, So, yeah, I like y'all's chances. I do too. I, I mean, they, they lost to Villanova early on in the season. They beat Arizona. So I think that they have, they have a, a decent setup. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if they got bounced early because they are a Rick Barnes coach team and that's what right. happens in March, but you know, they're playing good uh, right now. They are playing. They're, they're one of the best teams in the country as uh, Gary mentioned on the show uh, earlier today, or I guess if you're listening to this yesterday, he mentioned that Tennessee was uh, I think the second or third best uh, team since January 28th Tigers the sixth best since January 28th so it's nice to be uh, a, a basket college basketball fan in uh, in Tennessee right now yep. but also it's good to be a pro basketball fan in Memphis because the Grizzlies are rolling their winners of three straight the most recent a victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder but we also saw the return of Dylan Brooks that was kind of the highlight of the return what do you think I thought he looked really good. Um, you know, granted, you're playing a not great team, um, but I thought he looked really, really good in his return. Um, you know, he obviously brings a, a defensive force to your team that uh, you've been missing a little bit. But I think one of the more underrated things that uh, hasn't been talked about as much is his offense, man. He was hitting shots yesterday, you know. Uh, we talk about Dylan, he's going to get his no matter what. Um, But, you know, he was six of 14. I I thought that that's kind of the sweet spot for him. And and I thought that he played well, fit right back in with his teammates. Um, You know, uh, Dylan, six of 14, Jaws, seven of 14. Jaw was more of a distributor in that game yesterday. Uh, You got Desmond, seven of 15, Jaron, five of 13. You might want to see that up a little bit more, but I thought overall, uh, you know, that was the sweet spot for Dylan and I thought his shot looked good. 
And I think if, uh, you know, he can bring some offensive firepower to this team as well as what we know he's going to bring defensively, man, special things could happen come playoff time. And you also want to uh, notice that Zaire Williams, first game uh, back to the bench, a rookie, he had a pretty good game as well. He came in, scored 11 points off the bench. That's that's good to see because you never know how a rookie's going to respond after spending most of the season as a starter and then move back to the bench. It, you know, it might mess with the guy's confidence a little bit, but I think he everybody on the team kind of realizes exactly what's going on. So that was good to see uh, as well. Definitely. Um, you know, I think one of the other things that's really great about Dylan coming back is you're going to be able to have one of these starters on the floor pretty much most of the game at, at all times. And I think that's really important that, uh, you know, when, when Jaws getting rest and you got the, uh, the bench coming in, like the fact that you could have a Dylan Brooks still out there with those guys or a Jaron Jackson Jr. or a Desmond Bain, I think that helps them a ton. And I think for Zaire specifically uh, coming off the bench, you know, it's different if you're a rookie coming off the bench with, uh, you know, other backups that don't have a lot of NBA experience necessarily, but you got Tyus Jones running the show with you in that second unit. So there's a little more level of comfort for Zaire, I feel like, which, uh, you know, he showed that yesterday, 11 off the bench, which that's what you need out of him. Yeah. And you mentioned that Dylan's going to get his, and I've seen, the worry from some people is that, you know, Dylan coming back is going to take some shots away from Desmond, may take some shots away from Ja, maybe take some shots away from Jaron. Well, when it comes to Jaron and Desmond, we've seen those are guys that need to get into rhythm. They need to get their shots. And if they want to, you want to make a bunch in a row, they have to find their rhythm. Do you worry about that? I mean, it is, it is like a bit of a concern. I didn't notice it yesterday. Right. Um, you know, I think that, I mentioned that the six of 14, I thought that was a good, good field goal, uh, you know, number for Dylan Brooks. I think that that's a bit of the sweet spot. Um, and I think that like specifically with Jaron and with Desmond Bain, um, I think it's going to be one of those things where you're kind of riding the hot hand. Like if Jaron's shooting it lights out, he had a nice shooting day yesterday. Um, you're going to ride him a little bit more and, and vice versa with Desmond. I think it just depends on who's feeling at that game. Um, and, and I think it's going to work out just fine for them. Let's discuss Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, if you look at his stats so far this season, uh, average points, average rebounds, you know, it's not much different from his career averages. And he was in the discussion for most improved player when it, the season started. But I think one thing that's being overlooked is the defensive contribution he's made. And that should actually put him in discussion for one of the most improved players in the league. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, like when Mark – one defensive player of the year when that announcement was made we were all kind of like oh okay that's awesome yeah go mark <laughs> i think with jaron you're watching his play and you're like oh he should really be in consideration for defensive player of the year with all the blocks that he's had i don't know if he's leading the league right now if he's top two but with all the blocks uh that he's had this season uh he, he's just been a presence defensively and you know, in my opinion, uh, and I think in a lot of other people's opinions, the, the biggest key to what the Grizzlies are going to do in the postseason, because we know what they can do offensively. We've seen it. They, you know, again, 125 points yesterday in a win. Like, they're going to put up points. That's not going to be an issue come postseason time, in my opinion, even with the game slowed down. What's Jaron going to be able to do defensively? Like, what if you run into 
What if you happen to run into Denver in the first round and put him on the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic? Like, he's going to be so important to what they do in the playoffs defensively. And, uh, you know, if, if he's playing at that potential defensive player of the year level come playoff time, then they're going to be able to make some noise in the postseason. No doubt about it. And we've discussed the, the win over Oklahoma City, but I want to say I was a little more impressed with their win over the Knicks. I mean, that was a game in which it looked like you were out of it, like you were dead in the water. Yeah. And all of a sudden yeah. you come back alive, you close out strong, and you're able to knock off a team that's, you know, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They'd won a few straight coming into Memphis. <laughs> so I was really impressed with a win like that, especially when Julius Randle was actually uh, – he was, he was playing pretty well. Yeah, and you love, like, you know, keeping it focused on Jaron with that game. Like, when he when he starts having the blocks and, and is getting into it and yelling and stuff like that, well, his offense comes too. You know, like, I, I don't know how. It's magic. But, like, I swear, if Jaron has, like, a, a, a huge block on one end and comes down and pulls up for three on the other end, that three's going like it. It's just it just happens with him. It's just a confidence thing. Um, you saw it against the Knicks, and the Grizzlies were just down and out in that game. Um, yeah. And I thought that just uh, can't say enough about their defensive uh, effort in that fourth quarter because yeah, it looked like it was over. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And the Grizzlies, they now have thirteen games uh, left. In the regular season, they're a half a game up on Golden State for the, the number two spot. I believe they are four up on Utah and then four and a half up on Dallas for the division. Uh, the Grizzlies do have, I think, a top 10 uh, most difficult schedule remaining, but their next three games are on the road before they get a nice homestand against some tough teams, though. But let's talk about the, the road trip right now. They, yeah. they take on Indiana. If you're listening to the podcast, they're taking on Indiana tonight. Uh, they're taking on Atlanta. And then they're taking on Houston. Looks like that the Grizzlies are going to be out with John Morant. He is doubtful against Indiana. But these are three games in which you feel like the Grizzlies should and need to get. Yeah. You, you know, Ja, not surprising that they're resting Ja for the Pacers game. You, you knew it was probably coming long road trip. You haven't rested Ja a lot this season. Like when he's available, he plays and he wants to play. Um, but this is one against a bad Pacers team that you feel like you can knock out without him. And so it's a good opportunity to rest him, get him well rested for, uh, a big Friday game in Atlanta, like, again, that's a team that's disappointed this season, but they still have Trey Young, and Ja versus Trey is always fun. So that's the game I think I look at and say, well, if they're going to drop one on this road trip, it could be that Atlanta game just because Friday night in Atlanta, um, you know, the, the the Hawks could get up for that one and Trey Young could just go off that night, right? Right. And, but I think with a well-rested Ja – he's going to want to go into Atlanta and show out on Friday night and one-up Trey Young. So I like the spot there, and I like that they're resting Ja at Indiana. And then the Sunday game at Houston, that's a revenge game, man. Like, yeah. you ain't going to have a problem getting up for that one. They got you uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, and, um, you know, they talked a lot of trash in the process. Young <laughs> team, like, you you yeah. got to go and take that back to them uh, Sunday afternoon. I don't think the Grizzlies will have any problem with that one. No, Jalen Green is one guy that uh, – he's that dude. He's going to talk trash to you the whole time. 
No doubt about it. I think that the trash talking will be uh, going both ways in that one on Sunday for sure. Low, yeah, low key, uh, um, interesting game right there. Like I'm excited about that one. It's a two thirty uh, Sunday afternoon game, so that'll be mixed in with all the the basketball watching on March Madness. But the good thing is, like we've discussed, like you know if Tennessee and Memphis both win on Thursday, they'll be playing on Saturday, so you can Saturday, watch the Grizzlies yeah. on Sunday. But if you look at the schedule, like the only time to rest Ja if you're going to have him sit out a game is against Indiana, whether it's in Indiana yeah. or at home against Indiana. You're not going to rest him for a home game because yeah, they got. I- Right. Like, like you said, um, I think that the one thing that we've learned about the Grizzlies and Jaws situation this year is uh, people pay a lot of money for those tickets. And so yeah. they're, they're gonna, they're gonna uh, um, let Ja play as many home games as possible because uh, people, you know, paying a lot of money to go see him. I mean, he is the, he is the big draw. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that they're resting him on the road at Indiana. Um, because I don't think they would do it at home. The only other game that I could see them resting, and I think that it's a smart move, again, to rest them against Indiana uh, tonight, is at the end of the month, they play in San Antonio, and that's following the homestand, which includes games against Brooklyn, the Pacers, Milwaukee, and Golden State. Yeah, uh, I, I think, t- yeah, man, that is a that that's is a stretch right there. Yeah. That's going to be a good one, though. That's you're going to we're going to learn a lot about the Grizzlies that week. Um, And uh, as far as their seating goes, we're going to learn a lot because I think once you get out of that gauntlet after this road trip and then that four game homestand, I think we're going to have a really good idea of where the Grizzlies are probably going to wind up in the postseason. Don't you think? Yeah, but that I'm looking at the five games in April before the end of the season and they're yeah, I mean, you got Utah, Phoenix, and Denver there. Like, you know, you're the not Pelicans catching and Boston. Phoenix. Like, the Pelicans yeah. could be playing for their playoff lives. Boston, That's like, true. that East is that seeding. Like, Boston could end up be playing for a one seed by the time we get to that point. We don't know. Like, well, and you mentioned resting jaw. Like, you also could be looking at some posturing going on. Like, yeah. you know, do the Grizzlies, you know, those last two games of the season, do the Grizzlies have an opportunity to play? Um, the Nuggets or, you know, you know, who, who are they going to end up playing in the postseason? Who do they think they have a shot like out of those playing uh, situations? Like, you know, do you have a better shot of playing the Timberwolves or do you have a better shot of playing the Pelicans? Like if you think you're going to play the Pelicans, then you might not want to show your hand in that second to last game of the season and just rest everybody. So right. there could be some posturing going on that, those last couple for sure. Let's talk about that uh, real quick about like who they could be playing. They sit in the, yeah. they're in the two spot right now. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that they're probably going to end up two or three. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like right yeah. now. I mean, the, the jazz or the Mavs have to go on a big run in order to uh, overtake the Grizzlies in either spot. So if you, if you end up in the two seed, you're going to be playing a playing team and the four teams yeah. that are in the playing games right now, uh, you got new Orleans, you got the two LA teams and you got Minnesota. Of those four teams, are there any of them that actually scare you as a first-round matchup? I Listen, people call me crazy, and I I want nothing to do with LeBron James in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> I get it. The Lakers are bad. They lost another one the other night. Like, they're, they're not a good basketball team right now. I just – if they were to get Anthony Davis back, um, you know, before the postseason – 
I just don't want anything to do with the King in the playoffs in the first round. I want something that, uh, easier. Like, I know that the Timberwolves have given you problems, but give me them instead. I think that that's a fun first-round matchup that could potentially go seven games, but I just think the Grizzlies um, – have a little more experience in the postseason than the Timberwolves. It's not their time quite yet. So I, I like the Grizzlies chances um, a little more against them. I'm more of, a, I don't want to see Minnesota just because, I mean, I think it's could be one of those situations where if the Grizzlies do end up with against Minnesota, that could be one of those situations where you're looking at like the future of the NBA, where it could be something else down the road of like two of the up and coming teams kind of busting into the league and, you want, right. you want a team like that to do well, but not at your expense. Whereas, you know, you're kind of pushing out the old guard a little bit. But that's that's the kind of thing that worries me. Yeah. I mean, or the Clippers, depending on who and what they get back, if they get back anybody. They fall to the three seed. Chances are it's going to be Denver. Yeah. I, and, you know, again, you're going against the reigning MVP. But the thing about the Nuggets is a couple nights, I think that, you know, uh, I think as this second half of the season, uh, you know, came around the corner, I think a lot of people thought that Jamal Murray and, uh, and um, Michael Porter Jr. were going to come back. And I think that that window is still open for them to come back. But I heard a, they were, I think it was Jared Greenberg doing sideline uh, on one of their last games on TNT. And he said that it doesn't look like they're going to come back anytime soon as of right now. And so if you can get the Nuggets, even though they've been good this year, without those two guys, yeah, I, I think I like the Grizzlies' chances in a series against them. I, I really do. I think that Jokic could be, you know, an MVP-level player in that series, and the Grizzlies still win it easily just because not a ton around him that scares you. And you also got to think, like, that's the, a terrible matchup for Denver because the Grizzlies are so good in the paint. They're going to go straight at Jokic. They're going to yeah. try and get him in foul trouble when they have really nobody yep. else to help down there because, you know, I mean, they're, they're missing some guys. And that's a nightmare matchup, I think, for the Nuggets if they get the Grizzlies. I do, too. I mean, I think that's – we meant, we talked about Jaron earlier. Like, I, that's one of those things where you're – you know, when, when they're playing defense – you're moving Jaron all over the court. You're posting him up. You're pulling him out behind the three-point line. Like, you're trying to get Jokic worn out in that matchup. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel I feel good about being able to play them. I mean, I would welcome that for sure. Speaking of comebacks, uh, by the time you've listened to this podcast, uh, Draymond Green has made his return for the Golden State Warriors. Is, do you think that could be the X factor in determining who is the number two seed? Or do you think with Dylan Brooks returning, it's kind of a just uh, basically a wash? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for weeks now, that game on March 28th, you can't overstate how massive that game is. That game could literally decide who's two and who's three. It's, it's, I mean, you're so close. You've been so close uh, to them. It's been a game, a half game, a game and a half for what feels like over a month now. Like it's, you know, it's – you're right there with them. And that game is just going to be huge on March 28th. He's going to bring, you know, a completely different dynamic to that team. So, yeah, I think that I think that it could decide who gets it. Um, I still like the Grizzlies' chances just because, you know, we mentioned they had that hard home stretch. But, you know, if you can make some noise on this road trip, I think you can really get some separation there. It's crazy to me that just a year ago, we were talking about the Warriors and uh, Grizzlies. They are playing for that 8-9 seed uh, game, final game of the season last yeah. year, and then they played in the playoffs for the actual 8 seed. 
And now it's a possibility they could be playing each other for, you know, a home court advantage in a two, three matchup potentially in the second round of the playoffs. And that's, to me, that's crazy because it just shows, you know, the Grizzlies have made that much of a jump. Whereas Golden State, they made some moves. They got some more players. They got Clay Thompson back. You know, they, they've done a lot of other things that the Grizzlies have just matured and gotten better more or less. For sure. Jordan Poole's been awesome for them. Yeah. Um, yeah the, Kaminga, like they, they got players, man. Um, the, you know, I, I think that uh, I would love to somehow meet them in the postseason again. I think that that's a, a nice little rivalry you've got with those guys, you know, especially with, with what happened in Portland with, with CJ McCollum leaving and now we'll see what happens with the Pelicans, but you know, the Blazers were kind of starting to be that little bit of a playoff rivalry with the Grizzlies. And, um, you know, now if you're talking rivalries, I I think that golden state really is the, the one for you as far as, you know, recent playoff history goes. Yeah. Because you had, you had the matchups last year, uh, the playoffs and lead into the playoffs. And then, you know, you had the grit grind uh, era. Yeah playoff matchups you know the tony allen we're not going to guard you at all we're just gonna have bogut play in the middle (laughs) you know you you had all of that and you kind of felt like that was they're the reason the grizzlies didn't win uh a title i mean i know they lost to the spurs but i do feel like the warriors coming alive and coming along there it was the grizzlies it felt like it was the grizzlies time there and then all of a sudden yeah steph curry and clay thompson came along and then they added kevin durant that was all she wrote but real quick discussing that where do you so far? Where do you rank this Grizzlies like era? Um, Interesting. It's compared to like Pyramid Grizzlies, uh, you know, first time playoff Grizzlies, the uh, grind era. Man, that is tough because those playoff series in the grit grind era, like at FedEx Forum, were amazing. And you know, you you had it last year, but. I don't think I, I think that the postseason this year is gonna get to a different level with yeah. John and these Grizzlies. So I mean, I listen, I'm not gonna lie, this is the most fun I've ever had watching the Grizzlies. Like I, I mean, I just gotta keep it real. Like that, you know, we have a, a superstar unlike we've ever had before, and they're just playing a fun brand of basketball. Like every home game has been an experience this year. Like I'm just happy to be in the building. So right. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I I don't have a problem saying that this is my favorite era of Grizzlies basketball, just because I think this team has a chance to do what none of the past teams uh, had a chance to do, and that's win a championship. I, I think that Jaws is that transcendent of a talent. I don't think that that's, uh, you know, some kind of grand statement to make. I think <laughs> that, he's, that he's that good, um, and you need a superstar like that to, to get you a title. So, yeah, this is the best era of Grizzlies basketball. And I think it's only going to get better this postseason. Yeah, man. It, it, the, the the Pistons back in the 2000s are really the only team that I can think of that, you know, didn't have a bona fide superstar on their team. Right. Carry them to a title. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you could, uh, you could like, make an argument about maybe the Spurs runs, but, like, Tim Duncan is a superstar. Like, He's one maybe, of the greatest of all time. Like, Yeah, maybe his, maybe his brand of basketball isn't your favorite to watch, but, like, right. you can't deny that he's, like, an all-time great player. So, so yeah, dude, I, I mean, it's uh, – I feel like that uh, that it's coming for these Grizz. I, you know, I think that uh, Ja is going to one day bring a championship to this organization. I think he likes playing here. I think he's going to sign a huge deal with the Grizzlies. 
um, to no one's surprise. And, and I think that they're going to get this thing rolling for years and years to come. All right, Bennett. Your nickname is Big Bet Bennett. Yes. Did you know that prior to the Grizzlies' 118-114 uh, win over the Knicks, they had covered in every single win since the December win over the Lakers? 23 straight games in which they had won and covered. Okay, Grizz. They have lost – well, they have covered – they have won and not covered for now two straight games. Okay. So you got to find something else to, you know, hang your head on. For me, like early on in the season, it was Desmond Bain first field goal. I was betting that. Yeah. I was hitting a lot. Yep. It hit it, – it got so far out that it went back to – about plus 800 yeah so now it's he he hit, he hit the first bucket against new orleans so well, now it's dropped back down yeah. my other thing was like they were giving out over under blocks for jaron jackson jr at one and a half uh-huh so i was hitting that for a while yeah. so now i gotta find another bet in which you know i can try well it's funny you mentioned desmond bain because Finally, the sports books caught on to his three-point shooting. Like it took almost to the second half of the season because I was doing well on like on like Desmond uh, over four three-pointers or you know oh, yeah. Desmond four three-pointers, five three-pointers. Like that was hitting really well early in the year, <laughs> and then the odds just got you know uh, they weren't as good. So they finally caught on to uh, to the Desmond Bain threes. Um, but I'll tell you what, man. Steven Adams rebounds have been I mean he had 16 in the in the Thunder game like yeah. you can feel pretty good about Steven Adams rebounds like he's getting double digits almost every game so I feel like you can lock in uh, double digit rebounds for Steven Adams every single night and feel great about it first quarter first quarter scoring for the Grizzlies it sits at 30 and a half they have hit more than 30 and a half in 15 of their last 16 games in the first quarter that they scored at least 31 points the two previous games before those 16 they scored 30 and then they hit i think 31 or 32 on the game before that the one time they didn't was against boston and that's understandable boston one of the best defensive teams in the league right but the grizzlies they come out of the gate and they come out of the gate hot so if you're able to find it 30 and a half i i think that's a good bet i mean if it's hit that many times out of that you know 15 out of 16 times I think it's yeah. a good bet. If it gets up to 31 and a half, I'd be a little bit, you know, I don't know if I'd jump on that because there are like six of those games they only score 31. So it's a nice sweat if you like to do that. Yeah, for sure. No, the Grizzlies have been a fun team to bet on this year. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I think we're long overdue for a jaw triple-double. I know we're not going to get in this next game because he's doubtful. But uh, I think we're long overdue for another jaw triple double. Uh, I th he had ten assists in the Thunder game, and again we're you know you're playing a couple bad teams coming up. So maybe that Atlanta game, maybe um, the Houston game. I think maybe look for a jaw triple double in one of those. So I think that seems like a pretty good bet. I think he was was he flirting with it in the New Orleans game, and then they pulled him in the fourth. Or yeah, yeah. Um, I think the rebounds came short. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. He was flirting with it in the New Orleans game. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, he was he was clearly looking for it in the Thunder game with the ten assist. I, I think that you know he had like maybe four rebounds, something like that, in that one. So he was looking for it. I feel like against one of these bad teams, he's going to get another triple double soon. 
and he, he's always flirting with it but i think the odds usually i think they like anytime i look they fluctuate between like plus yeah. 1800 and plus 2500 i guess depending on who's guarding him but it, it doesn't really matter because he kind of just takes whatever he wants exactly yeah for sure well bennett do you have any uh any final words on the grizzlies Man, my final words on the Grizzlies are that uh, I think that they are going to make a special run this postseason. Uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, I I think they could get tested in the first round like we talked about, but I think it'll be good for them. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say for sure uh, they win their first round matchup and I'll say that it comes down to a game seven in round two and, and, uh, and the, the Grizzlies win and they will make it to the Western Conference finals. That's my final thoughts. All right. Real, well, I said the final thoughts real quick. Podcast is in one week. Do the Grizzlies go two and one, one and two or three and oh on this road trip? I'm not saying zero oh and three, cause that's not going to happen on the rest of this road trip. I yeah. Guess I'll say, yeah, I'll say three and zero. I'll say three and zero because uh, you're going to be able to get the Indiana game without Ja, uh, just because Indiana is not a good team at all. And and I feel great about Tyus Jones running the show for that game, especially with Dylan coming back. Um, and then Ja is going to be well rested for a big Friday night game in Atlanta. Ja versus Trey. Ja is going to get up for that one, no problem off the rest. So I like Grizzlies in that one. And then uh, the Houston one's a revenge game, man. Houston talked a lot of trash when they beat you in that upset uh, a week ago. So uh, I love the Grizzlies' uh, chances to go three and zero the rest of this way in this road trip. I agree with you because it's hard to it's hard to go against the Grizzlies with as good ball they're playing right now, and they just got back Dylan Brooks. So I agree with you. I see them going three and zero from here for the next week, and uh, we'll revisit that next week on the next edition of the Three and D podcast. Bennett, thank you very much. You can find Bennett on Twitter at Bennett Doyle, and again Monday through Friday as a producer of the Gary Parish Show, Three and D podcast. Thank you for listening as part of the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. Till next week, go Grizz. 